we created a new uh, .NET Core uh, project as new. So we did replica of the system in a .NET Core. And .NET Core uh, app is application is a multi uh, cross uh, platform. And then the old version, the old uh, application was ASP.NET. That's not multi-platform. So we wanted to create a new system, a replica of that system as from scratch that are uh, able to be maintained in the future with modern technologies like uh, Azure or services in the cloud. Welcome to Extend Podcast. I am Sade. Today we will be discussing with Jenna Anderson, a software developer at Forefront Consulting, about cloud development in Microsoft Azure certification program and her involvement in the community as a mentor. And Daphna? I'm very happy to record this episode today with you. Um, Jonna, you have so many um, experiences and things that you've done recently and in the past years in your career to advance yourself. And I think that many people can be inspired by your experience. So uh, let's start with hearing a little bit about what you do today and how you got to do that. Thank you. Thank you to both of you. And thank you for uh, inviting me to talk to your uh podcast today. Um, My name is uh, Jonah Anderson. I work as a software developer uh, at Forefront Consulting here in Sweden. Uh, Forefront Consulting uh, is an IT consulting company based in uh, Stockholm, but have other uh, six other offices in entire uh, Sweden. And I work in uh, the north part of Forefront, and that's in uh, Sundsvall, Sweden. I code uh, C-sharp, full-stack development in C-sharp.net and .NET Core. And I also work on maintaining the system and fixing uh, bugs and adding features to uh, existing systems. And uh, can you tell a little bit about um, how did you get to do that? Like a little bit about your uh, career path so far. Sure. Um, I am originally from uh, the Philippines, so my journey started there. Uh, when I was young, I wanted to be uh, an engineer because I wanted to be different. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, because uh, uh, education is not free in the Philippines and going to college is expensive, it was expensive for my parents, so I decided to take a scholarship and I got lucky and got the scholarship and decided to study computer science um, back in uh, 2000, uh, 2001. And uh, after I graduated in computer science, uh, I, when I studied computer science, my first programming language was uh, Visual Basic. So I learned uh, a lot about uh, computer science and coding uh, the old language, Visual Basic uh, then. And then when I graduated in college, um, I became a breadwinner for our family because my mother died of breast cancer. So I was forced to take the job in our city. And back then there, were, there weren't any IT programming jobs available. So I worked in different branches. And my first job, I worked as an 
it's IT related, but not really programming. So I worked as a, a technical support for American companies in the Philippines. So that made us through and I worked in several jobs until nine years ago, I, I moved to Sweden and uh, I really want to pursue my, uh, my dream in working with programming and computers. So I decided to study uh, at the Yrkesugskolan here in Sweden. First I learned uh, Swedish in, in four months and then I went to Yrkesugskolan studying ag agile system development with focus in full stack development in C-sharp. And then I worked some practique and some summer jobs. And then I decided I want to, I don't want to lose what I learned. So I started uh, Java development in Irkutsk school and two until I got my first uh, full-time job as a software developer about four to five years ago. So now I work as a software developer uh, and also uh, IT consultant. So that's my story. So I'm here and I'm very glad to have the opportunity to to be interviewed and to share my uh, experience with you, both of you. Thank you for sharing with us. What do we mean uh, when we say Microsoft Azure and how does it work? First, uh, um, Microsoft Azure is, uh, is a type of a cloud platform. So um, let me just uh, first introduce to what cloud computing is. Cloud computing is, uh, is uh, it's a new technology wherein the IT infrastructures and the, the services like storage, uh, virtual machines, operating systems are over the internet or in the cloud. So that's what it's, it's called cloud computing. And when it comes to cloud computing, there are three types of cloud computing, and that is the private cloud, uh, the public cloud, and the hybrid cloud. Public cloud are, are a type of cloud where, where like uh, Microsoft Azure or Amazon Web Services or Google Cloud, in which you buy services or cloud services from the cloud providers like them. And you don't need to worry about data centers or infrastructures because it's a third-party cloud providers like Azure or Google uh, take care of that. And then the private cloud is more uh, private because it's specific to uh, organization. It's a special type of cloud for organizations. And usually many people choose to use private cloud if uh, they have uh, financial uh, applications that needs to be secured. So it should be separate. And there's also another type of cloud. It's called hybrid cloud. It's a combination of uh, private and public cloud. And that's used for special scenarios. It depends on uh, the organization's uh, needs uh, for that. And then uh, any cloud, have different services and they they categorize it in stock or type of cloud services that's there are four types actually uh, there are uh, infrastructure as a service uh, platform as a service and serverless and there's also software as a service so each of them are different it depends on what uh, you need and Azure have about over I think over 200 cloud services that you can use and are, they are separated or categorized in different uh, stack in the cloud. So 
that's uh, Microsoft Azure. And it's uh, it's starting to be popular these days. Uh, many companies are considering moving to the cloud, but at the same time, it's also a challenge uh, for many companies because there are a lot of reasons. First, many people are not ready, cloud ready, to move their old applications to the cloud because of security concerns, uh, personal data, like GDPR issues and things like that. And also there are many organizations that don't have developers that can do the deployment or transfer to the cloud. So there are a lot of, there, therefore there are a lot of things to consider before you do it. So you don't just do that. You need a strategy or a plan before you do the migration. So. That's a bit about uh, Azure. It's very broad and wide, uh, wide uh, topic, but uh, that's that's a bit an o- overview about it. You mentioned different uh, types of cloud services, but you choose or you work with uh, uh, with Microsoft Azure, right? What makes you to choose that one from the other cloud services? I like cloud computing and new technologies, but I ended up using Microsoft Azure. It's because I am a .NET, Microsoft.NET developer. And automatically, if you work with that .NET system, it's more convenient to use Microsoft-related products. Since they have Azure as their cloud platform, then it's easier to integrate everything from coding, project management, which is the Azure DevOps, for example. So there are advantages if you use uh, Azure, if you are sitting in uh, Microsoft development. But at the same time, it actually depends. Every cloud provider have uh, supports every programming, almost all major programming languages. It just really depends on what your system needs. And also it depends on the partnership that your existing organization have. For example, if the application or your, the company um, developing that application have partnership with Microsoft or Google Cloud, then they have that option to, to use the services. Maybe they uh, like saving money because of the partnership if they use the services. Can you tell us about uh, the meaning of virtualization regarding to Microsoft Azure? Yeah, virtualization is when um, when you use, uh, I, I cannot exactly describe it, the exact term, but virtualization is uh, when, uh, for example, you use Azure virtual machines to create uh, a virtual instance of uh, a machine or a server. So I've worked with uh, uh, creating or providing, uh, provisioning Azure virtual machines in which you can create your applications and then deploy it to uh, a virtual machines. And then in the virtual machines, uh, the virtual machine acts as like a, a virtual server where you have your IP address in that virtual machines. And then you administrate the, the properties or the settings of that virtual machines in the cloud through the Microsoft Azure portal. And the great thing about using virtualization or Azure virtual machines uh, in in the cloud is that uh, you have the portal and you as an administrator of uh, 
the portal or the services, Azure Virtual Machine, for example, you have the option to, to scale up. The, the, the great thing about Azure is that they have the option to scale all services. So uh, if you have a service called Azure Virtual Machines, you can choose to auto scale your service, like uh, increase uh, operating system uh, uh, settings like increase uh, the virtual disk, and then when you create a virtual machine in the in Azure, you have the option to choose what kind of disk you will have, like the SSD and the 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 high quality disk. But uh, all this great th stuff are good, but at the same time, you need to you cannot just create a virtual machines without checking the prices because virtual machines. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's Azure, but virtual machines is, are expensive to have. Uh, it's part of uh, the infrastructure as a service category in the cloud computing. So, so it's uh, good to check on that if you identify if your application or your organization really need an, an infrastructure as a service like virtual machines. Or it's good to have the platform as a service where you use the app services, like deploy your app services uh, to Azure, for example. And um, uh, aside from virtualization, there are also another alternative called container in in the cloud, and that's that comes into that that comes uh, microservices and. Kubernetes that is also in Azure. So there are different alternatives. It depends on what kind of architecture you have in your system. Recently, you've been giving a talk at a Microsoft conference about Azure, right? Yes, uh, I did. Uh, I had the opportunity through a contact I have in Denmark. Uh, she sent me a uh, uh, a call for speaker invitation. So I, it was unexpected. So I just randomly uh, thought of uh, two topics that I am passionate about. So I talked about uh, gender inequality in tech in which I can really relate to as a, a female developer in the IT branch. Uh, and then I also talked about my experience, uh, lessons learned that uh, I had from that uh, migration and all that net migration that I, I did in the previous company that uh, didn't went well. And based on that uh, failed experience, I have I, less, I listed down the, the things to consider when migrating to the cloud. So I talked on December the 3rd, I had the opportunity to talk uh, virtually live uh, along with other seven to eight speakers internationally. And uh, I'm glad that it was a success and it went well. And I hope many people learned a lot from my experience, personal experience. Can you share about the talk? Uh, like about the experience that you talked about in the talk? Yeah. Um, uh, first, I had the Lightning Tech Talk where I had the opportunity on the English track where I talked. I had 15 minutes to talk about gender inequality. So I, I talked about it because I personally see a problem uh, in uh, diversity in the tech branch. So I shared uh, what I, I, I am doing to solve the problem and my suggestions to 
to tech companies, what they can do sort of the, so that the IT companies will be more inclusive, more diverse, and will be better for us because we really have a problem with that and I listed out uh, why is it a problem. And then on the second talk, I had like 45 minutes to talk on the cloud secrets track. And that track uh, focuses on sharing the, uh, uh, based on real experience uh, uh, secrets. So I shared the cloud migration that that failed and uh, that didn't went well, but uh, was a learning experience uh, for me. So um, it was it was good uh, to talk. I was prepared, but at the same time uh, a bit nervous, and uh, it went well. So when it comes to public speaking, uh, it made it easier for me to, even though it was my first time uh, talking live, it, it made it easier for me to talk freely because all the things that I shared in both of the talks were based on my uh, real experience. Talking from the heart and from the experience really helps in preparing for uh, public speaking or uh, any talk that you do online, live, or anything. It was a project that I was involved with uh, in the previous uh, projects uh, in which I, I, for a few years or many years, I have uh, developed and maintained the system. And then there was a need of to migrate that uh, uh, 15-year-old system uh, from, uh, from, from uh, the traditional uh, system, like uh, old system to the cloud. So I had the option to, I was the only, uh, only programmer or developer in that team. And on the side, I had uh, a colleague that, could, that I could uh, ask and do programming with but basically it was me that had the full full responsibility to move that project to the cloud and uh, on top of us was a project manager so to to make the long story short the first uh, thing that I did was to try to do the lift and shift lift and shift uh, means uh, to the cloud means that you try to move your uh, old application to the cloud using Azure virtual machines, for example, like lift and ship, but that didn't work out um, because uh, the company thought it was too expensive to do Azure virtual machines, uh, to buy that and pay for it every month. So we changed that, uh, removed that, that plan, and then we decided to do the, the updating, the upgrading of, uh, the entire packages, the old packages, uh, fixing the technical depth, uh, the bugs in the system, and then um, and then updating the new Git packages and the ASP.NET version so that we could deploy that as an app service in Azure. But uh, the databases needed redesigning too, so there were it was a lot of mess. So that option didn't work out either. So we didn't continue with that. So we decided to create the system as a new one. So that means we created a new uh, .NET Core uh, project as new. So we did replica of the system in a .NET Core. And .NET Core uh, app is application is a multi uh, cross uh, platform. And then the old version, the old 
uh, application was ASP.NET that's not multi-platform. So we wanted to create a new system, a replica of that system as from scratch that are uh, able to be maintained in the future with modern technologies like uh, Azure or services in the cloud. So that's how it went to. But uh, that's uh, that's the last, uh, the third uh, option that we did. And uh, it went well. We started small steps. So we, uh, I d designed the database uh, because I knew the old system very well. So I decided to redesign the database so there will be no old data that will be migrated to the cloud. New database, new application, new login. So we started small, like um, designing the front end and then the back end with C Sharp and then the login using ASP.NET Identity Platform. But uh, it went months, that project, but um, it took many of the hours, my hours, because on the side, we have customers to take her to with, uh, with the existing system. So I did it on the side. So uh, to make the long story short, the, the company, the organization didn't uh, pursue uh, with that project because uh, the customer don't want to buy it or don't want to invest in it. And um, it was also hard to do it because I was alone in the project doing architecture, front end, back end planning. And although I had uh, two other peoples in the team that are trying to be in the project, they were not cloud ready. So I was the only one cloud ready. So it was a very tough project uh, that I ended up uh, stressed actually, to be honest. So, but I learned my, after resting for a while, I learned my lessons that I could share to the tech talk that I had at the virtual Azure community. So it was it was a great experience. Uh, failure doesn't mean that it's a failure. Failure gives us lessons. So it was it was a good experience. You used uh, several uh, services by Azure. Can you share what services you used? How was it to work with them? If you have some recommendations for specific services that you thought were good. Yes, uh, there are a lot, uh, but uh, one, uh, uh, I can name two of my, uh, three of my favorite actually. First is the, first is the app service, app services. Uh, next is the Azure DevOps. And then next is the, um, the service uh, called Azure Service Bus. And that is uh, for uh, server, serverless computing and where you can use Azure Functions too. So there are a lot, but Azure DevOps app services are my top two uh, services that I mainly use. App services allows you to uh, create, deploy and test and administrate your uh, apps, web apps, mobile apps uh, in Azure, in which uh, there are a lot of great features, including the backup, uh, backup plans for the database and the app. And then there is also one uh, part of it that I really like, and that is called um, deployment slots, in which uh, you can uh, create uh, different uh, slots on your on in your application, like for example, a dev, a staging, a demo, or a production. 
and then you can choose how much traffic you can have in the deploy each deployment slot. For example, if you want to have uh, 50% traffic in staging, 50% traffic in the production. And then when you do development, you have the option to have 100% traffic in the test because you're testing and then you do the swap. So if that, uh, the, uh, and if you push the code to, for example, for example, to staging and that code needs to be fixed more, you can just swatch, sw switch it back to, to production in just one click. So that's one of the things that are great in uh, uh, deployment slots in app services. And there's also um, another service is the Azure DevOps. It's also a good feature in which uh, Azure DevOps is uh, a suite for, for DevOps uh, team, the developer and the IT operations team in which uh, both teams can apply the DevOps uh, practice uh, through that Azure DevOps uh, service. Azure DevOps gives the option to uh, for the developers and the IT operation to collaborate using uh, the different components in that suite. For example, in Azure DevOps, there is uh, the Azure boards, uh, there's Azure pipelines, there's Azure te test plans and artifacts uh, where both developer and uh, the IT operation can collaborate uh, by assigning, uh, like by planning the projects and uh, checking on the status. And then Azure uh, repos also allows uh, the developer to do version control uh, of their code uh, at the same time, uh, do continuous delivery and integration with that. You also go through a certification process right now, right? You, you study for to get a certificate by uh, Microsoft. Yeah, I'm passionate and I really want to learn more about uh, developing solutions to the cloud. So I'm currently um, studying to prepare myself for uh, a certification test. Uh, it's called uh, Microsoft AC204 and it's developing solution for Microsoft Azure to be exact. So I have, I'm working on uh, studying on that. So it's not just uh, studying the theory, but it's also doing uh, a lot of hands on both in, uh, in Azure and with coding. So it's a very technical uh, certification. So it, it takes time to prepare for it. So I hopefully it will be it will be something that I will be able to achieve next year. Uh, does it last like five years to use something like a validation? I believe it should be it should be two years. I think after two years you can uh, renew it. But I think this year uh, because of the Corona, I think uh, Microsoft allows you to renew certification for free without doing anything. I think they renewed it automatically. But this certification, uh, 204 to be exact, uh, this one is, I, I believe it's two years. And then I have the option to, to 
uh, renew it. It's role-based certification. You know, Microsoft have uh, recently changed uh, their certification to role-based. So if I, I pass this test, I will be a Microsoft certified um, develop, uh, Azure developer associate. That's what they call it, I think. Good luck. I'm sure yeah, you're going to pass it. <laughs> I hope <laughs> it's 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 not easy. A lot of preparation, um, especially if I don't. I study uh, only in my free time, but uh, I I I devote in it to achieve the goal. Another thing that you do is involvement in the community and mentoring. Can you tell a little bit about it? Yeah, sure. Um, and the side of my job, I do um, mentorship. I'm doing a mentorship, uh, which means that I, uh, I encourage uh, young women studying programming or uh, IT studies to choose uh, technology as their uh, feature job. It's because in the tech branch right now, uh, there are, uh, there we lack women working in technology. So if there's, a, uh, there's a lack of diversity and inclusion. And I believe that being a role model through a mentorship, for example, helps uh, change or fix that problem. And currently on the side of my job, I uh, do several mentorships in uh, different IT women in tech groups. Uh, for example, here in Sunsval, I am a mentor. Uh, through a guidance network. It is a, a local network where we meet once a month uh, digitally or physically, and we match and connect with our uh, mentors and mentees and help each other learn from each other by me, for example, sharing to my mentee how it is to work as a software developer. And I had a mentee, uh, one of my mentees had the opportunity to follow my day, uh, how it is to work as a software developer. So she was able to see uh, my work day and uh, they can also ask questions, technical questions to me, programming or database questions. And I try my best to help them. So I mentorship is a great way for me to, to learn what, learn how it is for other young women studying uh, programming or studying uh, IT uh, studies. And it's also, it's like a give and take relationship. So I am just not in one network, but I'm also in Datashe, uh, uh, Teknikkvinnor, Women in Tech uh, Sweden. So I do I do it online too. So I chat with women on Facebook or LinkedIn just to connect with them. And I'm also part of the gender equality group in my workplace, Forefront. So we we meet every week and with uh, the leaders of the company and I'm part, uh, one of the uh, female developers that were invited to share my point of view about diversity, gender diversity and inclusion in our workplace because it all starts with management when it comes to gender equality problem. It's both inside and outside, internal and external. So externally, I volunteer to be a role model through using tech talks, talking, sharing my skills and mentoring. But internally in our organization, 
I need to make a difference by being part of this group, our gender equality group, and at the same time, making the influence that my coworkers also, also have that culture, gender equality culture, so that all the women working in our IT company feels comfortable that they don't have to change jobs to another company, but instead they, they bring in women so that it will be more equal. And that I, we believe that each organization has uh, should have that kind of culture where women are uh, women and uh, people from different cultures like me, for example, I came from the Philippines, are welcomed in, in our organization, in my workplace, because that makes us love our jobs. We like what we do as a programmer, uh, a developer, but if we work in a place where we feel welcomed and secured, uh, it's an extra add-on for us. That is great. I'm sure you have a lot of impact both inside your company and outside. I think it's very inspiring. Thank you. And you also started to give public talks um, yes. recently. So I wonder what made you do that? Uh, public talks. Uh, that, I think that's because uh, it's, uh, it's an irony because I'm a shy person since I was a kid. But uh, public speaking became just uh, just happened actually because of my desire to make a difference as a person. I really want to help. I'm very helpful and resourceful. So when I got involved into uh, sharing my skills, first it all started when I was teaching uh, programming to kids in schools. So aside from my job, I was a programming coach for two to three years. Uh, I, I go uh, to the schools uh, twice or once a week to teach programming to young ones. Uh, that includes black programming, robot programming, and uh, text-based programming like JavaScript. That's how it started. Uh, I wanted to be a role model and make a difference and impact. So that was the, the breakthrough that even though I'm a shy type of person, I broke that barrier because I have this vision to help out and be a role model. So that's how, that's how I defeated the shyness. So I really hope that uh, to inspire more and uh, make a difference by inspiring women uh, to, so that we will be more diverse and inclusive. And, also, I'm thinking. I'm thinking about inclusive. Uh, like there are many great and skilled IT workers that are here in Sweden, but they didn't have the opportunity to come in into the tech industry. For example, when I started after school, I had a hard time fi finding job in Sweden, but I didn't give up. Uh, I, I'm not sure it, it's because I have a background uh, from a different uh, culture, but it's uh, if you came from a different culture and you search for an IT programming job in Sweden and then you're a woman too, it's, it, it was a challenge for me. But, uh, but uh, my advice to speakers who have uh, the same experience as me, like uh, 
you came from a different background, you're a woman and it's hard, is to not give up because I've been in that shoes. Like every day, there was one time that once a day I searched for like 100 jobs ads in a day just to find <laughs> the right one. But uh, that's my advice, not to give up and just keep going and seek for help and seek help from the community. They're willing to help. You were talking about the challenges you faced. Uh, do you want to share something like you overcome in this uh, search for a job? How I overcome that uh, challenge is to not give up. <laughs> they just keep pushing and continue. That's the reason why I started more Java development, because I wanted to have a full-time job. I already finished Agile system development. I, I took the exam, and so I have a certificate. I also studied computer science, and I was wondering why I didn't get a job yet. And it's because... Maybe because I don't have much programming experience and it's not programming experience then and it's not enough to just study programming. You know how it is with IT companies. They always prefer to hire senior developers. And as I, based on my experience talking with my mentees who are studying programming and trying to get a, a step into the IT community or IT jobs is that they asked me, Jonah, why is it that that companies doesn't, IT companies doesn't give us junior developers the opportunity to work and get a full-time job? It was a hard question for me to answer, answer my mentees, any of my mentees that asked me a few times. It's because I've been in that shoes and wondered with that, asked that question also inside myself. And I think it's because many IT companies prefer to hire senior developers. It's like a domino effect because I asked my boss, actually, why is it we prefer a developer with at least two to three years experience? It's, it's a, and then I got a good answer that is also I accepted because uh, it makes sense too. It's because IT companies, uh, for example, an IT consulting companies. Uh, usually work with clients or customers, and most of the clients have existing enterprise applications that requires senior developers. So it's like a, a trend, actually, that, that became a domino effect. So I told my uh, mentees uh, that uh, answer that I understood them, but I also tried to explain how it is on the IT side, the company side. But uh, there are things that are changing now. For example, in my company, Forefront Consulting, we don't just hire uh, senior developers. We have a, a trainee program for uh, junior developers. And we also have a tech evolution program for those that are new graduates. So we're opening that uh, opportunities to others. So I believe uh, other IT companies should do that too. They should give uh, junior developers the opportunity to show themselves, especially the women uh, who are also skilled. Uh, so that's, that's how it solves diversity too in the IT community. What advice do you have for junior developers in Sweden? Um, for junior developers uh, in Sweden, um, I advise to keep following your dreams. So if uh, programming or working with uh, 
the current, their programming is very broad because you can be a developer and choose to, uh, to choose develop in front end, back end or database development. I believe that choose the, the right path that you enjoy doing. So for example, if you enjoy programming front end, uh, continue with that and learn uh, learn the technologies that uh, will help you achieve that goal. And that's the same thing when if you are interested in uh, backend programming. So my main advice is to continue uh, continue learning. Don't stop learning every day. So if you have a problem that you're having troubles solving, you can uh, seek help from your female developer friends, find a mentor, a good mentor that can help you that codes the same technology or uh, be resourceful in finding answers on the internet and just keep learning and also to not give up in any challenge that might, uh, might cause us to be discouraged because I've been in the same shoes and been in that same journey and I wouldn't be where I am right now if I gave up. So that's my advice to the junior developers. Great advice. Thank you. Where do you see yourself in five years? In five years, I want to be an engineering manager in which uh, I uh, lead uh, the group of developers in their uh, projects and also their uh, career and personal development. Um, I really like that idea. But right now I'm focusing on becoming an, an expert in programming and hopefully in five years I will be able to achieve that. Uh, do you have any upcoming special events? Uh, where, where can people find you? Or talks you, you made in tech? Or if you have a homepage yet? I have a website. It's called uh, Jonah Anderson, my name, uh, in one word, jonahanderson.tech uh, that I created myself. And then I'm also on LinkedIn uh, and Twitter. In Twitter, I'm called uh, CJ Kodare. Um, that's Kodare uh, because I'm a coder, CJ Kodare. And I also have uh, an upcoming uh, tech talk. It's not announced yet, but uh, it should be on uh, January 6th in which I will be talking about Azure virtual machines to uh, Azure user group in Manila, Philippines. So I will be sharing the, the link to that meetup when it's uh, official and final, but that should be in, in about, uh, two weeks, within two weeks. So that's it. And if you need help uh, with anything or mentorship, uh, asked about how it is to be a mentor, or if you want to be mentored by me, you feel free to contact me uh, uh, via LinkedIn with my name, Jonah Anderson, or via my website. I have my contact details there. Yeah. I would like to thank you, Jonah, for sharing your experience in our podcast today. You're welcome. Thank you so much for uh, inviting me in your uh, podcast. It's really great what you're doing together to uh, make a difference uh, in our community to here in Sweden. So I'm, I'm your fan and your follower. Thank you for inviting me here and to give me the opportunity to talk and share my experience as a developer and all other things that I do. Thank you so much, Jonah, for sharing all your uh, 
interesting experience with us and yeah, good advice. You're welcome.